I'm going to get a haircut tonight. We are beginning a series called Basic Training. We'll go through the month of tonight and then through the month of September. And one of the, each week we'll be talking about an aspect of like a military basic training. Well, one of the first things they do in basic training is they give you that military haircut. Somebody describe the basic military haircut for me. A buzz cut, bald, I don't know if I'd say bald, at least I'm hoping to not be bald by the end of this, but no, I picked the guard she's going to use. It's not that short, but uh, all right, through the middle, this is happening for real. It's going down. I needed a haircut anyway, so I'm really fairly okay with it, but uh, all right, no, it's plenty short, I'm quite certain of that, and uh, if I need to go get it fixed tomorrow at the barber, I can do that, but. I don't have a problem with that. So, uh, okay, now that you've got some video, you can put the phones down because I'm actually going to preach while I'm getting this. I'm going to share the rest of the message while I'm getting, while I'm getting my haircut here. So, so <laughs> please put your phones away. You've got, I'm sure you've got enough video to, to Snapchat or Instagram or whatever you're going to do with that to people. Um, so, so the military haircut is a pretty important part of the basic training. It's a pretty important part of the military identity. Okay, so just hang on to that. You'll be able to, obviously it will be in your head because she's going to be up here cutting my hair while I move on to this. Uh, and we'll come back to the haircut point toward the end here. I didn't bring a cape, I know. Um, that's okay. So, so I'll go home and take a shower after this. It'll be fine. So uh, what we're actually talking about, I already did my ice bucket challenge. I'm not doing it again. No. Uh, so we're actually tonight talking about baptism. Okay, and I'll, I'll get to how it connects to the, to the haircut in a minute. Um, but we're going to look at the three gospel accounts of, of Jesus' baptism. There's one in Matthew, one in Mark, one in Luke that are very narrative. They tell the story of Jesus' baptism. And so we're going to look at each one of those and take a point. Okay, so we're going to start in, in Matthew 3. Uh, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So John the Baptist, he had been baptizing all these people. He was preparing the way for Jesus, okay? And he was telling people, hey, this guy who's better than me is going to come. So Jesus shows up to John the Baptist. He says, hey, baptize me. And John's like, uh, no, you should be baptizing me. You're the better one. You're the one I've been I've been talking about it. I've been getting ready for. So, of course, you should be the one baptizing me. And Jesus says, no, you're going to baptize me. And what this does, it answers the first question about baptism, which is why do we baptize? Okay? And the reason why we baptize because Jesus set the example. Jesus said, you know what? Even me, Jesus, the Son of God, even I need to be baptized to, to set me apart and to begin my ministry. Okay? Jesus also commanded it later in the, in the book of Matthew. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, listen, when you tell people about Jesus and they begin, or you tell people about me and they begin a relationship with me, baptize them. Okay, that's what you should do is baptize people. So the why of baptism is very simple. Number one, Jesus did it. He set the example. Number two, Jesus commanded us to do it. So some things Jesus did that we can't do. Obviously, I've never raised anybody from the dead. That would be cool, but it's not likely that I'm going to do that. I'll, I can't follow all of Jesus' earthly example because I'm not Jesus. I can get baptized like Jesus did and 
And so, therefore, we should. And, again, he told us to do that. When you tell people about me and they accept me, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's why we baptize. Now we're going to move on to uh, Mark, Mark chapter 9. Um, do you have one of those little doohickeys that, that tickles? Awesome. So, uh, okay, that works. Um, so why do we baptize? Because Jesus set the example and he told us to do it. Now, Mark chapter nine or chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, it says this. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. This is the same story, just told from a different perspective. It's going to include different details. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Now, in order to come up out of the water, where do you have to first be? Down in the water, right. You can't come up out of something you're not already down in, which is why we believe in the Assemblies of God in full immersion, or as I like to call it, the dunking baptism. Okay, we don't sprinkle you like some method, like the Methodists do. We, do we, we are full immersion all the way under and all the way back up. The Greek word literally means to plunge, dip, or immerse. And so we immerse and we bring them up because if we don't bring them up, they go see Jesus right then, which is not the idea. Uh, so, so we dunk. Right? Okay, everybody got it. So, so we dunk. And by the way, that's the reason we don't do infant baptisms because if you dunk a baby, that's child abuse. And so we, we, that's not cool, you know. Uh, we want that to be a choice, and, you know, that would be bad. So that's one of the reasons we don't do infant baptism. There's more theological reasons than that. So that's why we dunk, and that's the answer to the question, how we baptize. We believe in full immersion all the way under, all the way back up. And then we're going to look in Luke 3 really quickly here. And it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. So again, this is three aspects of the same story, three different points of view. So Matthew talked about Jesus doing it and the reason why he wanted to do it. And, and then uh, Mark, it talks about the how. We, we know that he went all the way under the water. And then Luke talks about the, the situation. Who was around? It says, when, everyone, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. So who saw Jesus get baptized? All the people, right. All the people saw Jesus get baptized. So, um, which tells us that baptism is a public thing, okay? We, the, the whole idea of baptism is that people are going to see it and they're going to know it's what happened, okay? It reminds me of this movie right here. There it is. Anybody know what movie this is from? It's not The Passion of the Christ, no. no. Five, four, three, two. One. It's from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which if y'all have not seen, it's very funny. Cohen Brothers. Uh, there's a really cool song that goes along with this scene. And, and I have been a part of, like, lake and river baptisms. And I cannot go down into the river to watch a baptism without singing the song from this scene. Uh, we walked all the way out to, to, in, into, the, into Tampa Bay. We did a, a beach baptism on, in Tampa Bay one time. And we walked out probably... Uh, probably 100 yards, and I was singing this song the whole way. Anyways, uh, a public declaration of your faith. So a baptism is, do what? Y'all are whispering here, and it's, but just say what you're going to say. Yes. <laughs> if you get baptized in the ocean and you get eaten by a shark, uh, yeah, that was Canada's idea. I saw the whisper chain. Uh, well, <laughs> Norm, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Uh, we, we, we I mean, 
we didn't really go that deep, so there wasn't really an issue in Tampa Bay. I know they can come shallow. They can come shallow. I know. I know. My grandfather lives in New Smyrna, so I know about the sharks. Anyways, um, so <laughs> the point of that whole thing was to say that baptism is a very public event. Baptism is not meant to be this hide uh, just me and my pastor in, you know, in, in my backyard pool and nobody can see it because the whole idea is that it's a public declaration of your faith. Now, let's get back to the haircut because I, I, I promise there's a point to it all. Uh, when you see a guy, no matter what he's wearing, with that tight proto-military buzz cut, you automatically think that guy might be in the military, right? Like you've seen guys in street clothes, people in civvies, and you see them, and especially if they're in shape. Now, if they're in my shape, you don't quite get that. Uh, you don't get that same thing so quickly. But, you know, you see a dude like my, uh, my, my I had a teacher in, in high school, his name was Mr. Garner, and uh, he had that. He was, a, he was a former Marine, and he still had that Marine cut, and he used to bark at us all the time. Like, you know, the Marines, like, they, oh, oh, oh. he used to bark at us in class, like, if we weren't paying attention. He would just bark at you as loud as he could. It was so weird. But uh, he taught law studies my senior year. And, uh, and you just knew. You looked at him. You saw what he was wearing. Or, you know, even if he was just in his whatever, just a shirt, you know, a polo and slacks, you just saw him. You saw his haircut. And you knew that's a military man. Like, you could just tell because the haircut is a public identifier of somebody being in the military. And so that is what the baptism serves as for us. It serves as a public identifier that says, you know what? This person is in a relationship with Jesus. This person has a faith in Jesus, so he's been baptized. He or she has been baptized into that faith and like Jesus was, okay? It's kind of like a wedding ring, and I've used this analogy before. Some of y'all have heard it. You can be married without a ring, okay? You can. You can be married. I know people who have lost their rings or whatever. Um, yes, my ring? Oh, I think it's in my office desk. I left. I don't have my watch and stuff. I think I left it all on my desk. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't lose it. But I think my ring is is on my desk. But my. But I. I don't have a wedding ring. Obviously, that's a class ring. So, <laughs> yes, for three years I've been not telling you guys about my wife. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, trust me. When I get married, everybody's gonna know. Anyways, we. Uh, that's right. When you are married, you wear the wedding ring to let everybody else know, hey, I'm taken, okay? The engagement ring on the lady, and then when they get married, usually both people wear that wedding ring to say, hey, listen, I'm taken. Yes, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it, right? So, so uh, when, uh, in the same way, baptism, you could be a Christian without getting baptized, but the baptism is a public way of saying, hey, listen, everybody, I'm taken by Jesus. I have a relationship with him. And, uh, and so that's kind of what the baptism serves, serves as, okay? But the question is, what happens after the baptism? Like, I don't go around carrying pictures of my baptism. I was 10 when I got baptized. And it would be weird if I was like, hey, everybody, look, look, you see, see, I'm a Christian. Like, that would be weird, right? That would be strange. And I know many of you guys have been baptized. I baptized a few of you. And, uh, but you don't do that. You don't walk around going, hey, look. Look, here's, the, here's a picture of my baptism. That would, be, that, that would just be strange, okay? Okay? Although I do, we do, have, I do have a really good picture of Harley right as he hit the water. It's, kind of, it's really cool. I, have to, I should have put it up there or something. But uh, um, that's when you show everybody, right? Yeah, you show that. I know you do. Um, so, so if we don't walk around with pictures of our baptism, how are people supposed to know that we're Christians? In our actions. Very good, Draven. And in our words, say what? And the way we live, yes, our actions, the words, and the way we live. Our 
our public actions, and our private actions for that matter, should display, should reflect our life, our relationship with Jesus. And so the question for tonight, the question for tonight is, do the people around you know that you're a Christian by your actions and by your words? Anybody ever, excuse me, anybody ever said, told a friend like, hey, it's Wednesday, like, hey, what do you do tonight? Like, I'm going to church. And they were surprised. Like, if they're surprised, that might be a time for you to reflect on your actions. Because I think people should know, like, I've had that where I'm like, hey, what are you doing? They're like, going to church. I'm like, really? You? Like, like, you're going to church? Like, I would have never guessed. And you guys can probably all think of people like that in your circle of friends or, or in your school or whatever, who if they said they went to church, you'd be like, for real? I, I would have never guessed. But I want, you know, I, I want people to guess, say, yeah, you're definitely a churchgoer. You're definitely a Christian. Because, because then we're reflecting Jesus, you know? Baptism represents your old self dying and the new and you becoming a new person. 2 Corinthians 5:17 talks about the old is gone and you're a new creation and so but if after you've become a Christian you still look like the old guy then then you're then you've then, then we've kind of missed it. You know, if you still if you say you you know, you've got a new name but you still act like the old person. Imagine if imagine if uh if you were trying to like change like like you know like in uh, what's the movie Catch Me If You Can or some identity thief kind of thing where you're like you know what I'm gonna change identities I'm gonna come a totally new I'm gonna get a new name but I'm not gonna move and I'm gonna keep acting I'm gonna keep going to all the same places I used to go to and I'm gonna keep doing all the same things but you're like listen guys I'm not Tom anymore now I'm Jack and your friends are like well you look like Tom and you act like Tom and you talk like Tom and you didn't move or anything so I think you're still Tom right. So if it looks like a Tom and acts like a Tom, it's probably still a Tom. So it's the same thing in our Christian life. You know, we're like, yes, I'm a Christian. You know, I've got this relationship with Jesus, but I keep acting like the old me. I keep acting like the old me. Then, then, then you have to wonder, has it really even taken effect? Have you, are you really in that relationship, or did you just say a prayer once? And I don't want anyone to, to question What's happened in their life, but it's but it's it's something we really need to ponder. Like you know, there's a difference between reciting a prayer, repeating a prayer after a pastor, and having a relationship with Jesus that reflects on our life. So the question is, how can you follow Jesus publicly? So what are some things, some really simple things you guys can do in your daily life? I'm not talking about moving to Africa to become a missionary. I'm talking about some simple things you can do in your daily life at school that shows people you're a Christian. Not a rhetorical question. So actually, <laughs> what are some things you can do in your actions that let people know that you're a Christian? Yes. There you go. Helping somebody pay for lunch when they can't. Yeah, just being nice and doing somebody a favor for no real reason other than you can. Absolutely. That's a good one. What else? What's another way that you can... Can can show people that you're a Christian just in your in your walk in your daily life. The fake twenty dollar bill tract. Oh Lord, please don't tip with that. If y'all y'all probably, half of y'all don't even know what he's talking about, but it's true. But uh, as long as you include a real twenty with it, I'm fine with that because 
Because, no, because I've had waiter, waiter friends who hate working on Sundays because Christians are the cheapest tippers, and it makes us look like jerks, not good people, and they would not want to be a part of those type of people. Uh, I've, I'm serious. I've had waiter friends who hate working Sunday afternoons because they know that's the worst tipping day because church people do that kind of stuff. So, no, don't do that. But, again, that's like outside. That's like, I mean, I mean that's kind of in your normal day. But what's something simple you could do? Okay, Shadow is homeschooled. She does her, her, her classes online, so she can, she, can, uh, she can talk about Jesus. She can talk about Jesus in the chat box of her online lessons. Um, that's true, but like so, so say it was a history class and they were talking about the history of the Middle East, then you could kind of bring in like, hey, you know, you could, you could bring in some, some Bible history, some Bible geography there. That's a thought. That's right. So, uh, um, how about something as simple as if you have a class, if you have a class and you know you always get your work done early, you know you always get your work done early, there you go. You could, and it could even be on your phone. Like, you don't, I'm not saying you got to bring your Bible, you know, I mean, well, I guess it depends on the teacher. I guess it depends on the teacher. Either way, yeah, so you could either bring an actual Bible. You know, you can keep a, I've got a little, uh, a little New Testament. I call my dagger in my truck that stays there, um, you know. Or, you know, if you have a, uh, if you, ha- you know, if you, if you can have your phone out, if you're in a classroom where that's okay, once you're done with your work, you can read your Bible. Yeah, that's a little thing, you know, but that, maybe that's when you do your, you know, your daily Bible reading or part of it, because you know every day I'm going to have free time in that class. Something simple like that, okay? You see somebody by themselves, you go up and you introduce yourself just being friendly. Uh, the, the New Testament says they will know we are Christians by our love. So just showing love to the people that, that don't have it. You know, Jesus said, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've also done to me. And so simply showing care for people that don't have anybody else showing care for them, okay? And things like inviting someone to first priority, to FCA, to youth group, those kind of things, uh, you know, are, are things you can do that let people know, hey, listen, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a Christian. And, and these are simple things. I'm not talking about changing your whole daily routine up or, you know, uh, dramatically altering everything that you do. These are simple, doable things you can do to live life publicly as a Christian. So then the question here is this. The question is this. Actually, I have three questions. First off, some of you may have a relationship with Jesus. You've never been baptized, okay? If that's you, come talk to me afterwards. I know Pastor Todd is planning a baptism sometime in the next few months, and so, uh, so we can make that happen uh, very, very easily, okay? It's not, not hard. It's not complicated. But if you say, I am a Christian, and I've never been baptized, and I want to, that's awesome, okay? Come talk to me afterwards. We'll make that happen. I know. I think of the next one I'm doing. I'm baptizing Daniel Anthony. And, uh, and so, you know, if any of y'all need to be baptized, we'll make that happen, okay? Um, number two, if you're a Christian and you've been baptized, you just got to ask yourself the question, am I following Jesus in a public way? Okay, this is a very fitting message for the first week of school because you have all these opportunities. It's the beginning of a year. Some of you guys just changed from from you know elementary to junior high or from junior high to high school and you have you have a fresh start here where you can say you know what I didn't live that way before publicly but now I have the opportunity to do that okay 
or maybe just being a, a new year will give you that fresh start as well. And then the third question is, some of y'all may not have a relationship with Jesus yet. Okay, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to everybody's heart. I can't, I can't read everybody's heart, but we know that, uh, that that's why we're here. That's why we do church. That's why we come together and play stupid Taylor Swift games and get my hair cut. It's all, it all comes back to Jesus. I know it just offended you calling Taylor Swift games stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, it wasn't stupid, but it wasn't the point. Okay? It was not the point. The whole point of why we do this is to tell people about Jesus. And so some of y'all may not have a relationship with Jesus yet. And so, so if y'all bow your heads and close your eyes, we're, gonna, we're about out of time. And so I'm not going to take too much more time here. I just want to ask those three questions one more time. Okay, with somebody looking around, um, is anybody in here who you have a relationship with Jesus, but you've never been baptized? You say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus' example and his command, and I want to get baptized. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick and put it back down. Okay? Awesome. Cool. Some of you guys, you say, you know what? I have a relationship with Jesus. I've been baptized, but I haven't been living it publicly. You know, you go to camp, and you hear all the sermons, and, and camp seems so far away. Seems like it was forever ago, and it was two months almost, more than two months. And so it's so easy sometimes for that stuff to fade away, and already you can feel your behavior patterns beginning to revert, and you're not focusing on that relationship with Jesus. You're not intimately in that relationship with Jesus, and because of that, your public actions have displayed that distance. And some of you guys... You think, you think you're playing the game pretty well, even though your walk isn't strong. And just so you know, we can tell. People around you can tell. They can see that. And I've been there. I've done that. Y'all have heard a lot of my story, and I'm not getting into that tonight. But, but if that's you, you say, you know what? I haven't been living it publicly like I should, but I want to start tonight. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it back down. It's not a long, not a big deal. Just, okay, see a few hands. Awesome. Nobody's here to judge. And if you're a person who you say, I haven't begun a relationship with Jesus, you might have been in church a lot. You may have spent most of your life, or maybe not. Maybe you're fairly new to church. But whatever your church history is, you haven't begun a relationship with Jesus. You haven't started that. You haven't made him your Lord. And so tonight you need to do that. If that's you, just slip your hand up and put it back down. Heavenly Father, I just pray tonight, God, that we would be public disciples. We would not just be private, uh, internal, hide, or just when we're at church or when we're at home, Christians, Lord, but that everything about us would scream Christian, not because we're hitting people over the head with our Bibles and we're screaming at them when they curse or whatever, Lord, but because we're showing your love to those around us. God, because we are setting an example of the best we can of the way that you uh, lived your life on this earth and loving the least. God, and I pray that, that you would help us to continue to do that. God, to be public with our faith. God, I pray that you would help us to, to follow after you. Let our walk, our private walk with you be strong. Lord, so that our public walk with you will also be strong. Let us not try and play the game or put on the mask or the facade anymore. God, but let us seek after you with all of our hearts. 
God, your, your word said that when we seek you, we will find you, and then your plans of help and of hope and of a good future will come into fruition, Lord. But, but when we're not in your will, Lord, we're not under your protection. And so I pray that we would be. God, I just pray for these students as they, as they begin the school years. They're still barely out of the starting blocks on this school year, Lord. Let this be a year of something different. Let this be a year that, that something changes in their lives. God, that prompts them to, to be a better, uh, to be a more active Christian and a more active follower of you, Lord. And God, I pray that their example would reverberate throughout their schools, Lord. It would send ripples that are reaching far and wide, farther than they even know. God, not for my, not for my, uh, for my fame or for the fame of our church or for so that Pastor Todd can be famous, Lord, but so that you can be made famous. God, I just pray that this year you would do a work in, in these students, God. Lord, I pray health on them. I pray blessings as they as they get down into the routine of school, Lord. I pray focus in their classes. And God, I just pray that you would bless them as they go and as they come back again next week, God. Bless all those that are traveling this weekend. Keep them safe with traveling mercies, Lord, and, and enjoy the, the rest and the, uh, and the relaxation, God, because that's from you too. God, we thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.